Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Our toll-free number, same as it is every Saturday morning, 800-823-8255. Good morning. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy, talking about yarding. And as I promised, she is here, not in the house, but she is with us via the telephone. Of course, she is, yes, the star of Are You Herbally Experienced, ladies and gentlemen, our own CCP and Appalachian Herbal Scholar and all those different things, Rita Heikenfeld. Wow. Wow, that's right. You got lots of fans out there. By the way, speaking of, good morning. Good morning. I uh, just want to let you know right off the bat, you do have lots of fans out there. I answered an email question yesterday for uh, Bill Jett in De- the Delhi area and said, again, great show, but Rita's my favorite, I must admit. Well, there you go. So how you like that? I like that. Rita's my favorite, I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> well, gee, well, we could tell him today he's my favorite. Well, there you, I'm sure he's listening, so there you go, Bill. But, yeah, Rita is my favorite, I must admit. He was having some str- struggling with asparagus uh, beetles. Oh, on, really? On his asparagus. You, you grow asparagus. You oh, ever I have do. asparagus I beetles do, yeah. on there? Yeah. Um, yeah, we grow it, and, and, of course, ours is dormant now. Um, but I've never had any trouble with pests um, or anything like that with the asparagus. It seems like it just grows well every year. Maybe your chickens pick all those off of there. Yeah. Oh, oh you know what happened? I know we're going to talk about food, but we have lost two chickens. No. And little pigeon chicken, the little, um, the tiniest one. Uh, we think she's a bantam, but we don't know how she got in the flock. But anyway, um, yeah, and my neighbor across the road, Erin, said that she had seen a hawk, and she's lost some, too. Oh, really? So we think it's that, but on the bright side, I guess, every little creature has to eat. So I'm thinking, hopefully, that hawk was very hungry, and that's why. But no, I notice now, we always let them out of the pan, and they have a really nice run, but we open the whole gate so they can run in the fields and such. Mm-hmm. And lately, they will not come out. So I'm thinking they must know something. What do you think? Uh, they probably know more than we do, and you're exactly right. They probably know something's going on out there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's too bad. So no no feathers, nothing left, just gone. Yeah, just gone. Mm-hmm. Well, the first one, um, little pigeon chicken had her head, I'll just say, removed. But the other one, not, not hair nor hide, we couldn't find a trace. Usually there's a feather trail or something like that. But anyway, that's called life. And, um, yeah. We move on. Yep. And, of course, I've seen some folks that had to go to the extreme of actually making a, you know, caging it, you know, as large of an area in and actually over the top as well. 
Yeah, I've heard that. Well, to, you know, if you get into a real real situation, but yep, you're right. You got to do it. But by the way, the asparagus beetles. There's a couple types out there, and uh, the his issue was he has beehives, and he doesn't want to spray them because oh, of the bees. Oh, sure. So it's it's a tough one. You, you can hand pick them and put them in soapy water. You yeah. can hand vac them off. Uh, you know, just suck them up with a hand vac. Um, and of course, get rid of those fronds at the end of the year. They overwinter in debris. The adults do. So if you kind of clean up around them, sometimes you get rid of them doing that as well. But that's that's a tougher situation. If he had, does have to spray, gonna have to do it late in the evening. You know, when it gets dark, so the bees aren't active, so it's dry in the morning, and shouldn't be an issue. But always have to be cautious about that. But anyway, you're still his favorite for the oh, show. Oh, good, good. He has to admit. Talking with Rita Heikenfeld this morning. Her website is abouteating.com. The recipe this week is outstanding. Dan said it tasted wonderful with his coffee this morning. <laughs> Very good. And, you know, he's always so friendly. I figured um, it's been a peppermint and chocolate week around our home uh, this week. So I thought let's, let's just share some really fun, easy recipes for people because I know everybody's still sheltering in place, and there's some little ones and maybe not so little ones around. Um, so that's why I decided to share the white chocolate-covered peppermint sticks with the nonpareils. And what are nonpareils? Nonpareils are those little, oh, my gosh, little tiny candy sprinkles. Okay. And there's different names for them. And, and why do you say candy sprinkles? Because then yeah. I had to look up what nonpareils was. Oh, said, well, and nonpareils are also like a chocolate disc with uh, the little candy sprinkles on them. Yeah, I probably should have done that. But basically, <laughs> you, it's like a know, generic name. You educated me. See, yeah. you made me look that up so I knew what it was. Very good. Very good. But yeah, it's, it's great. Dan was shaking and said, yes, it was very good. He appreciates that. Well, good. And then good. you then you had the hot chocolate recipe, and then you mentioned something about using what the white chocolate chips in it. Yes. Well, then everybody um, wanted that recipe. Oh, you know what? Yeah, and I posted that on my site. And what I think I'll do, um, I may share that again with you. Um, make sure everybody has it. It's um, it's like a white chocolate. It's a hot chocolate recipe with all the dry ingredients, but you add um, high quality white chocolate chips. And you put it all in the food processor. And I'm not kidding. When you mix that with water, mm-hmm. it is absolutely creamy and delicious and makes a little bit of a different hot chocolate gift. We usually give it with a couple holiday mugs. So something fun, um, something that doesn't require uh, refrigeration. And so we're, we're trying to make it easy for folks this year. You know, I I read that recipe when you when I read them all, obviously, but I didn't realize I, I didn't read all the way to the bottom. You you talked about the different types of cocoa that's out there, cocoa powder. Yeah, um, and you know we use a lot of the the Hershey's, the regular cocoa, the Hershey's. Um, again, the generic cocoa is always good, and then there's something um, called. Uh, Dutch cocoa, Dutched, and what they do is it's um, less acid. They take some of the acid out, and it produces a cocoa. If you look at it with aside regular cocoa, sort of reddish and has a really wonderful flavor. And then there's something called black cocoa, which I have never used, but they say that is the cocoa that's used in Oreos, and you can't sub in black cocoa for regular. But, you know, when you eat an Oreo um, and the, the recipe for the white chocolate cup, Oreos with the candy cane sprinkles. Oh, it's so fun and so good. It's such a dark chocolate. And I always wondered, how did they get that yeah. cookie so dark? Well, they, they say that um, what I have heard is they use uh, a type of cocoa called black cocoa, and that's what makes it so dark. So anyway, we're all learning something this year. Mrs. Wilson was making Rice Krispie bars 
for the oh. grandkids, and we put cr- crushed up Oreos in the Rice Krispie bars. Oh, really? And uh, that, and even Grandpa eat those. That sounds really good. I don't usually eat the Rice Krispie bars, but uh, with the Oreos in there, it was very tasty. Is she going to make her wonderful caramels again? Uh, she, I've been cutting caramels for the last two days. Have you? Mm-hmm. Well, you and I have to meet up somewhere. She, uh, she's been boiling all those things, and then yeah, making you know a little softball in the cold water and all that stuff. Oh and, yeah. And I'm the cutter, so you know once she gets it out of there, then I have to cut it. So. Well, you know, I I've always said anybody who can make caramels, and I know you say caramel, but I say caramels. Caramel, caramels. Um, I think that there's such a technique to that, and a lot of times it's it's you can use the candy thermometer, but it's it's really eye and it's a sensory type thing. She and, does all of the above. Carol's got it. She does all of the above. She has a thermometer and all that stuff, but she you know she knows does the cold ready. water test and all of that. So well, very good. And one of them, one of the batches turned out got really hard, which was unusual. So you know what she did? Made another batch, put that back in the other batch, and melded them back together and redid it. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. I'll be darned. Tasted just the same. Well, that's repurposing very well. Repurposing quite well. <laughs> Talking with Rita Heikenfeld this morning. Her website is abouteating.com. Of course, she supplies the recipes that you'll find on our website at ronwilsononline.com. This this week is the uh, peppermint-covered sticks with nonpareils. If you don't know what that is, look it up, because I had to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got about two minutes to go before we take a break. Now, you and I had touched base a little bit a couple weeks ago because the holiday season, a lot of folks are out there getting those um, rosemary trees for the holidays to use inside. You see them sold everywhere. But trying to get one of those darn things to overwinter in a house can be a little tough. Yeah, and um, since we just have a couple minutes, I will make this pretty quick. You're right. Um, the way they're grown, and you've often said this, when you get them at the store, the grocery or nursery, wherever, they have been grown in perfect conditions, and that's why they look so good, and they trim them uh, sort of into a topiary tree shape. So when you bring them home, um, if, you, if you've ever tried to grow rosemary in the house, there's a couple tips that you should know. Um, some people, I just I excuse me, I had just heard this, call rosemary an upside-down plant because it doesn't like wet feet, so it likes its roots a little dry. And they, rosemary likes to um, absorb moisture through the air, through its foliage, through its needles. So um, you've got to take that into consideration. So we don't want to overwater, but you've got to give it really good light. Um, and I missed my rosemary when it's indoors because that way it can sort of absorb that, that uh, moist air. And then uh, I had a reader tell me that she puts her rosemaries, that even that she buys at the store, the ones that were outside and she's um, wintering over, she keeps them in a, um, like a big saucer and puts some pebbles in the saucer around the plant and keeps that moist so that it creates sort of a moist environment, you know, not in the pot itself, but around. Have you ever done that? In the tray. So you yeah, yeah, create humidity tray, yeah, right. at the bottom. And you got to be careful sometimes with the misting, too, because they are very subject to powdery mildew yeah. in the house. And sometimes you can set yourself up for that. And that's why we sometimes, uh, Rita, also talk about using that desk fan to keep the air blowing around us so you get good air circulation so that doesn't happen. But she has another way that she overwinters it. Let's take a quick break. We come back, we'll tell you about that. And then we're going to talk about gifts from the kitchen for Christmas here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Green thumb or not, Ron can help at 1 800 823 TALK. This is In the Garden with Ron Wilson.
Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Time for part two of you. Are you herbally experienced with our CCPCMH Appalachian Herbal Scholar and, of course, maker of strange potions and part-time witch? Doctor. Doctor Rita nader Heikenfeld. I have another frog in my throat. Every time you say witch doctor, I almost get like... <laughs> the frogs come up? Like, I know. Hexed. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and, of course, you can find all of her great, a lot of her great recipes on our website. Of course, her website is outstandingaboteating.com. Talking about those rosemaries, uh, getting those to overwinter. And it's, it's been a tough one, but you have done something a little different the last couple of years. Yeah, and really great success. And uh, over the years, you and I have had contests on whose rosemary overwinters in the house best. And I don't think either we of both us lose. <laughs> great success. I give up with us. I'm tired of messing. Well, with. that's exactly why I did this. I put them in my um, unheated garage that's attached to the house, mm-hmm. and honestly, they do so well. I don't pay much attention to them, um, but I think with all the other plants I'm wintering over, it, they get enough moisture. And as I always say, they look a little peaked in the spring. Um, but all through the winter, I harvest the, the tender uh, tips from them for cooking and such. Uh, but they do so, so well. It's just pretty amazing. So I guess neglecting it, I wasn't killing them with kindness like I tried to do in the house. <laughs> so, um, and that's a good tip. Yeah, so there you go. So give that a shot. And, uh, and I think the ARP, probably, from what I have read, is probably one of the easiest, the, the best ones to grow indoors if you're going to give it a shot. Yeah, the ARP and then the Salem um, is a wonderful uh, rosemary for um, our Midwestern climate here. But I have both, and they both winter over. But the ARP is just very, very hardy, and it, so that's always a good one. And I have to tell you, too, I was thinking of you and Joe and Danny. I had some leftover cranberries, again, trying to repurpose things, and I'll have to share this recipe. I am making the best cranberry vodka with um, citrus. And I have been tasting it because, you know, you have to taste it. Well, it sure. Along. Uh-huh. I didn't have any this morning, so you're good. <laughs> but anyway, um, really nice. It's vodka and cranberry. You, you cook the fresh cranberries with a little sugar and water and either orange peel. I didn't have orange peel, so I used those little cuties, the tangerines, which mm-hmm. work well. And then you put that in some vodka and let it um, infuse for several days or up to a month. It turns a beautiful, brilliant red. And I always think, you know, you can use it for martinis or whatever, but because cranberries are so healthful, my thinking is that just gives you a sort of a healthful alcoholic base. What do you think? I think it sounds wonderful. And anytime <laughs> you want to, you know, sample, you know, sample it, don't give it to Dan. He's not a big, you know, he's not into alcohol too much. Kind of bypass because otherwise, you know, you give everything to Dan. We, Joe and I never get to t- sample anything anymore. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so. Oh, my goodness. Well, the big thing now with even making pie crust to make them tender is to put some a little bit of vodka in there. Really? So, yeah, and that um, provides, um, it's sort of like the old days when we would put a teaspoon or so of vinegar in pie crust to keep it tender. But the vodka sort of does the same thing with the... Uh, um, the gluten and all that, if you want to get scientific with the flour. But um, I made a pie crust the other day, and I put some of that vodka in it. turned it a, sort of a pretty pink. So anyway, it's it's just a fun recipe. Is Mr. Heikenfeld okay with that? He hasn't tried it yet. I don't oh. think he trusts me too much anymore. I don't know. Really? i got to hide it in something. 
<laughs> I always love it. He has no idea what I put in here, but he uh, still eats it and drinks it anyway. Yeah, that's why he's so healthy. That's why he's so healthy. Talking with Rita Heikenfeld, of course, her website, abouteating.com. Um, there's something I was going to ask you real quick. Oh, yeah, the vodka thing. That must be a you know an all-purpose alcohol because that's what you also put in the water when you're watering your paper white so they don't get so tall and lanky. Is that right? Vodka? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just got a box of um, some for the kids for St. Nick, the paper whites. Yeah, spl- just a splash of water. It's about a one to seven, I think, ratio. A little splash of, wa- of vodka in your water. Water them with that, and it actually helps to keep them shorter. Um, and it's only the paper whites. Just the paper whites. Yep, keeps them a little bit shorter so they don't get tall and lanky and uh, fall over all the time. So. Well, there you go. So, boy. That vodka is just all purpose. Multi use there for sure. Well, now we've talked about all that. we got a minute to go. <laughs> we didn't talk anything about uh, gifts from the kitchen. Oh, well, you know, um, the, the two gifts that I shared this week are really fun the, um, the white chocolate coated peppermint sticks with non-pareils, the little candy sprinkles, and then what seems to be everybody's favorite, the white chocolate-covered Oreos with candy cane sprinkles. And basically, both are really, really easy. The, the Oreos, you just melt some white chocolate chips, and then you dunk the Oreos in there and put them on a, on a cooling rack and then sprinkle them with peppermint candy or, um, you know, crushed into sprinkles or your favorite sprinkles and let them dry. Oh, my goodness, that peppermint and chocolate is just delicious. So if I, if I do that and I put those, like, what do I do? Put them, like, in a little, um, like, the, the wrapping, the paper, the, what am I t- thinking of? Yeah, like cellophane. You mean to give? To give to somebody. I'm going to put them in a box. How do I, how do I keep them fresh? Oh, well, the, the candy coating is going to keep them fresh for quite a while, at okay. least a week or two. Right. They won't last that long um, because if you leave cookies out at room temp, then they get a little soft. But the, the uh, white chocolate sort of um, shields them from that. And the same sort of goes for the, the white chocolate covered peppermint sticks. And, again, you just take some peppermint sticks or canes and you melt white chocolate, let it cool a little bit, dunk those in like halfway up, and then roll them in um, some sprinkles. And those are really wonderful, again, given uh, with a couple mugs because they're delicious when you use those as stirrers for hot chocolate. Rita Heikenfeld, always a pleasure. We will talk to you again next Saturday. Her website, again, check it out, abouteating.com, and you'll find some great recipes on our website at Ron Wilson Online as well. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Tell Mr. Heikenfeld I said hello, and I'll talk to you next Saturday. Okay, as soon as he wakes up. Lying in state. state. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye. A quick break. M. Shipman from Kids Gardening coming up next here in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.